Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is Mark and Sarah. Talk about songs. Hello, listeners, and hello, especially Patreon patrons. This is Mark of Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs, and joining me is Sarah of Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs. Yeah, that'll happen. Hi, Mark. It's been known. (laughs) Uh, We are here today with your January single that is for patrons only, and we are super psyched because we are going into some prime Mark and Sarah nerd out territory today (laughs) to give you a little bit of background episode 90 which will not have dropped by the time you hear this but is coming soon is going to be a ranking of madonna's ghv2 greatest hits collection that's her second greatest hits collection however because madonna is such a boss bitch she has count them 13 top 20 songs that were not included on either the Immaculate Collection or GHV2. And Sarah, I just felt like it would have been almost a crime against God to not rank these 13 songs from the window of her career from like 83 to 2001. Like to not rank these hits that she had in that period that aren't on either album would have been a crime. Uh, I agree. There were... Uh, we have 13 songs, which we will be uh, talking about in alphabetical order because that just seemed like the best organizing principle. Um, but some of these I was like, these aren't on any greatest hits compilation. And I'm sort of wondering why with some of them and others. I'm like, uh-huh, like you, you <laughs> needed to take this out back d- you know, <laughs> during a new moon and bury it and just <laughs> leave it in the ground because no girl. Uh-uh. But we will get into it. Um, do you want to run down the the whole list of singles first and just tell people what we're going to be talking about? Yeah, I think that makes sense, considering this is not an album that you can follow along. Also, let me say, I will acknowledge several of the songs you're about to hear do appear on the ballads collection. Yes. Something to remember. But girl, we're never going to rank that album because there's too much overlap to the other greatest hits. So cut us some slack. Madonna purists, of which it may just be yeah. me. But the point is... Also, yes. a lot of that, a lot of the songs on that album are some bullshit. <laughs> I'm just going <laughs> to say that right now. But maybe for episode, like, I don't know, 380, when we're like, what haven't we ranked? Fine. Go, go back to the weird massive attack song on the something to remember. Nine minutes of I want you. The right. Anyway. No thanks. Spoiler, that song sucks. But we're not talking about it today. Um, oh, God. Um, here are the songs we are discussing today. In, in alphabetical order. Angel. Causing a commotion. Dress you up. Hanky panky. I'll remember. Keep It Together, Oh Father, This Used to Be My Playground, Rain, True Blue, Who's That Girl, You'll See, You Must Love Me. Uh, 
and it became a sentence. It became a, a, a dialogue. And the standard ranking rules that we use on the podcast apply. Each of us, Sarah and Mark, have 13 point values, 1 through 13, to assign to a song. We'll go through and discuss each song, reveal what our point values were, and then we will also reveal what you, the patrons, decided to give to these songs in your online voting, which we appreciate. Uh, we will which tally we do up... appreciate and which I kept a secret from myself so that I would get to be surprised. Ha <laughs> ha! Well, you will be finding out soon, and we'll tally up all the scores at the end to res- to discover our ultimate rankings for these songs. And uh, Sarah, without further ado, perhaps it's time to jump in. It sure is. Um, P.S. We don't have clips for every song or we'd seriously be here all day and into the night. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but we both have other things to do today. So we're going to start with Angel. Um, We don't have a clip for this one. I like I forgot this song existed and now I kind of can't stop listening to it. Like it's a pretty basic track and extraneous if borderline also exists but (laughs) it's also prototypical of her in this era like she's very sexy but also in a innocent way like in Mm. a just very like she's not all like vampy and trying to reinvent herself like this is madonna mark one or i guess mark two technically whatever we've all read the unauthorized bio um but it's actually it's still madonna in the black lace gloves yes so i feel like it's mark one in that way it is not working to her vocal strengths but that's like what vocal strengths i'm sorry girl (laughs) but you know it's true um that unpolished energy in this era of her music seems like another life for all of us but it's just really a lot of fun it's very 80s but in my favorite ways and I added this to my uh, iTunes library because somehow it was not in there and I put it at number four so that's 10 points oh nice and I think that the phrase unpolished energy that you just used is exactly right Uh, this song like, when was the last time that Madonna felt this effortless, right? Well, we'll get to that in yeah. some other songs, but this is this Will is a ever. period of this is a period of Madonna's career when there is true effortlessness at work, and I just uh, adore it. And this song was a number five hit. It was the third single from the Like a Virgin album. Uh, but in between Material Girl and this, they also released Crazy for You. So in the span of like seven months, she had. Like a Virgin, Material Girl, Crazy for You, This, and Dress You Up, which we'll get to in a second. So this is also the period when Madonna was letting it be known that she was coming for your wig every two weeks with a new hit. (laughs) Um, I also think it's worth pointing out that Stephen Bray, who co-wrote this song for her, ended up being one of her closest collaborators throughout the early part of her career. They were in a band together uh, for at the very early part of Madonna's career and I guess Stephen Bray's career, but he also went on to write and or produce other Madonna songs like Into the Groove, True oh. Blue, Where's the Party, uh, oh Causing a Commotion. Oh my God, Where's the Party? Yes. Deep <laughs> cut. Sp- spoiler, I, I f- it's not in that song. It's terrible. <laughs> Just my opinion. <laughs> With the party. No, no. 
uh, <laughs> I want a female. I feel like as I look at, uh, actually, as I look at the list of Madonna songs that he worked on, a lot of them are on this list. So maybe she was like, you don't get any royalties, Stephen Bray. But he also <laughs> did work on Express Yourself. Anyway, Stephen Bray. But for me, I, here's the thing about this list of songs. I love I, I genuinely love 11 of 13 of the songs on this list today. And the I put Angel lower, not because I don't love it, but just because to me, it is what you said. Um, it's a little bit of a, of a, of a trifle. It's like a uh-huh. cotton candy that disappears in my mouth. Whereas I think other songs on this list, don't be nasty. I feel like other songs <laughs> on this late. list just have, they have a bit more heft. So for me, I put the song in 11th, uh, but that does not mean I do not know every word, and it does not mean I would not shake my bonbon if I heard it right now. But uh, I put it in 11th and gave it three points. That's so interesting because before you tell me what the what the listeners thought of it, I genuinely adore like five of these songs. Mm. Three of them, I actually want to physically fight them because I hate them. And <laughs> then the rest are kind of like, who caresers? So oh, this is going to be this is going to be real interesting. Um, I think we're going to be of one heart and mind on our next entry. But first, yeah, I, I do too. What did the listeners um, say about Angel? So the listeners put Angel in. Uh, they put Angel in a tie for ninth place. Nope, I'm sorry, incorrect. They put Angel in tenth place and gave it four points. Okay. So you know what? Again, I <clears throat> I love again that we. I never know what we're going to end up saying <laughs> to each other, which is why I love these episodes. I know so much. it's yeah, um, it's really amazing. But that being said, yes, uh, when Sarah and I revealed to each other which songs we wanted clips for, both of us had chosen a clip from the next cut. So one of us graciously chose something else. But I feel like that was an indication that maybe both of us care about causing a commotion so let's roll that clip oh yes let's Okay, so Causing a Commotion reached number two in 1987, the year that Madonna was, in fact, the number one artist overall on the Hot 100. Uh, It was from the soundtrack of the film Who's That Girl? And I feel like that might be why this and Who's That Girl don't show up on her Greatest Hits collections. Maybe Uh, there's some contractual thing with the soundtrack. but Or that she just wants to forget that that movie existed with good reason. A movie that, because I had HBO in the 80s as a child, I saw maybe five times. I, I, I just kept watching Who's That Girl? That's about a um, dozen more times than anyone involved with the movie watched it. Yeah. <laughs> it's 
seriously. But uh, let me just put it this way. I have recently started a new job in the month of January 2018, and there are a lot of people that I work with whom I instantly like, and we talk about pop music a lot, and I decided uh, earlier this week that Causing a Commotion was the song of the day, and I emailed it to all these people, and everyone emailed me back saying, this song is exactly what I needed, and I will say that to me, this song is always what I need. Sarah, I don't use this word lightly, but I think this is a perfect pop song. It is so much fun. It is so light and effortless. And yet in that lack of effort, there is so much energy. You have the super intelligent, fun wit of the line, uh, I got the moves, baby. You got the motion. If we got together, we'd be causing a commotion. I mean, I guess wit is a bit, it's not like Shaw wrote that line, but <laughs> it, is, it is, it's so much, such a great pop lyric. And I also just love how many parts there are to the song. There's the bridge and the pre-chorus and the verses all sound different, but they also make sense together. And to me, this song is 16 or 17 bursts of light in a, a dark day. I think it is so much better than so many of her hits that have been memorialized on greatest hits albums. There's just something about this one that I love for all time. And, oh, and I put it in very first place and gave it 13 points. Uh, yeah, I loved this song the moment I heard it. I have never stopped loving it. I have owned it in every possible format. It was the first single I ever bought. Yes. There is something about liminal Madonna that I always love the songs that come from the like in-between periods that aren't as clearly defined. I think yes. here she's transitioning like the... um sort of Betty Boop skin is mostly shed and she's not like it's that weird like who's that girl era that comes before um like a prayer and sort of the next phase and like other songs like this would include um uh this used to be my playground to an extent um yeah she just sort of wasn't working except to be in that movie and do the song um Live to Tell, I would say, is another one like this. Yes. That when she is in transition and, like, her guard is down a little bit, some cool shit can happen. I mean, some terrible shit can also happen. But I I think Shaw wishes that he wrote this lyric because this is close (laughs) to a perfect pop song. Um, I would, listeners, if you haven't um, interfaced with this song recently... And you're listening to it like on YouTube, don't like just crank it up, but then like turn away from your screen because the video (laughs) is like offensively stupid and trying so hard. I hate it, but I love this song a lot. Um, I was a little surprised that it wasn't my number one. It isn't. I'm excited to find out what is, but it's my number two. Yes. 12 points. Uh, Excellent. And Let me say that I wrote a paper in graduate school, Sarah, for my semester. Every semester we had a criticism tutorial because I went to graduate school for dramaturgy and dramatic criticism. And in the criticism tutorial every semester, when it was your turn in the rotation, which came three or four times a semester, you had to write a six to seven page paper about something relating to the theater. But then also every semester they would let you do one non-theater related paper. And one time, I am not kidding, I wrote a crit paper 
about Madonna's liminal songs. Uh, like, please find legitimately, this paper I did. and mail it to me. <laughs> I mean, this when you were saying that, I was thinking, are you kidding me? Are we? Are, I mean, I knew you were my heart, but I didn't. I, I am constantly surprised by how much you are my heart. <laughs> oh, I have one more note on this before we find out what the listeners thought. Um, you can strip to this like, whoa. So, uh, yeah. Hello. Pa- Pam Ribbon, you can totally strip to this. You got to strip fast. Like, I would advise some Velcro <laughs> fastenings, but you could strip to it. It's it's the strip you do when you've got to catch that bus to get back home, but you want to make that last bit of money. Uh-huh. Before, one more paper like, put, for the put, road. One, one, put one more dollar in this shoe. Um, the other liminal song that I want to mention, though, because I think it so perfectly typifies what you said, is Beautiful Stranger. Oh, sure. Yeah, that's a good one. Because it is. It's like Madonna doesn't have the pressure of an entire album cycle. She doesn't have to make a complete statement with like a collection of songs. She's just doing one thing. And so she will toss off something like this. And you're just like, yes, girl, thank you. Anyway, the listeners, uh, patrons, also were simpatico with us. They put this song in fourth place and gave it 10 points. Uh, Wow. Well, I'm really interested to hear what they had in the top three slots then. Yeah. All right. uh, Uh, Speaking of stripping, are we ready to move on to dress you up or are you? Yes. Okay. Yes, we are. And do you have a clip for this? I can't remember. I sure do. Let's hear it now. I thought so. Yes. I felt it was necessary to include some of that um, guitar bridge. Uh, yes. This is everything that I said about Angel, but like better. Uh, I love this vocal is not all that great, but I love it. Uh, I love the sexiness of this track that is like just that being young sexy that you're like, my yes. butt is never going to be better than this right now. I mean, hers actually was. Um one of the best butts in the business, for sure. Definitely <laughs> a butt for fishnets. Good for her. But here's the thing. This is perhaps the last moment of Madonna's a- achievable butt, right? Like, this is the butt that we could all possibly get if we just went to the gym more. Yes. Any future Madonna butt, though amazing, was the butt of someone who has a lot of money to spend on butt acquisition. And this is also, like, peak. Like, this video is peak... Um material girl lace glove wearing a like sweatshirt hem as a headband madonna that that's what you wanted like you didn't actually want necessarily to dress exactly like her you wanted to feel like you knew she felt and this song it's again very 80s but that fun sexy like danceable fucking energy 
I am now obsessed with this song. I don't think that this is objectively the best song in this list, but it's my favorite. Number one, 13 points. Yes! Listen, here's the thing. The, but There are so many ways that you can intellectualize why this song is not flawless. Yes. And yet, when you listen to the song, all of that goes away. Ah, There's no point. Like, come on. <laughs> I was like bugging out at my desk. Again, do you know how many times I've listened to this song in the last week? Hundreds. Still fun. Uh, agreed. And do you know the live concert video of this song? Yes. Where she does this crazy like forward windmill move where she like roll like swings her arms around in a circle really fast. I don't know if you remember that move, but for whatever reason that move and this song to me are completely intertwined. Uh-huh. And I also remember when this song was in a gap ad in like ninety nine, two thousand, and like you could feel everyone around who didn't remember the song being like, Oh yeah. Yeah. This song is the bomb. Yeah. It really is. TheBomb.com. Um, fun note, this song was one of the songs that was targeted by Tipper Gore as being filthy. And I'm just like, really, girl? <laughs> really? What? Like, point out to me where it gets nasty. Oh, right. You can't. This is not Darling Nikki masturbating with a magazine. No. But clearly they felt like the list had to have Madonna on it because you can't be outraged by sexuality and pop music unless you're mad at her. <laughs> anyway. I know. And like Tipper, really, I've seen pictures of your boy. I mean, I know they're divorced now, but I've seen pictures of your boy from when you were both in college. And don't even try to tell me there weren't velvet kisses happening because there were. Because he was hot. Um, you will also be happy to know. Oh, I haven't told you where I put it. Yeah. So I love this song, too. I put this song in fourth and gave it 10 points. Nice. And the listeners agreed with you, and they also put it in first place. Nice. And gave it 13 points. Listeners. Yes. Come over. Patrons! Come over. Activate Dance party. form of. Where's the party? Up. It's at my house. <laughs> <laughs> I do feel like there is a, in an alternate reality where time is endless, I feel like doing this episode and just listening to every song all the way through would be fine, because then we could just dance it out. Yes. And so could the listeners, but unfortunately, you're just going to have to pause and, and uh, work this out for yourselves this time. Just go shake it out. I know. Um, so next we come to Hanky Panky, oh, which yeah. is one of the <laughs> most, it is one of the most unlikely top 10 songs in all of pop history, if you ask me. Uh, it reached number 10 in 1990. It was the follow-up single to Mordana's career-defining Vogue. Uh, it is a big band-inspired song that's on her album I'm Breathless, which is music inspired by or directly from the film Dick Tracy. So there's a 40s swing feel, but it's also a light, jaunty swing s number about light S&M. So the song, the, the chorus is like, give me some hanky panky. Nothing like a good spanky. Don't take out your handkerchiefs. I don't want to cry. I just want a hanky panky guy. Because this and song is you, super stanky. Spoiler. <laughs> what I will tell you is that my mom, I so clearly remember being in the car with this tape playing, the I'm Breathless tape. And um, 
my mom wasn't really paying attention to the song. She was just sort of bopping along and she was like, Spanky! Ha ha! And then later when she clocked that Madonna was not a good influence on me, she listened to it again and got mad at this song. And because of all of that, I have obviously decided to love the song even more. And I also have had a really good time performing this song at karaoke. I'm sure you can imagine why this song would be a flawless karaoke choice. Oh, sure. And you could strip to it in a sort of arch You'd have way. You to strip it is, to it. Yeah. <laughs> and it is basically a, it is a drag queen song. I mean, it's Madonna, is, her tongue is so firmly in her cheek on this song. I understand, though, that this song is no masterpiece, but given my personal affection and history with it, I have put it an, in eighth place, and I give it six points. I was not looking forward to revisiting this song at all. <laughs> uh, my instincts were correct. I was repeatedly checking to see how much longer I had. It's really not that long a song, but it just felt like an hour. Here's the thing about her breathless Mahoney period. She looks so beautiful. And I yes. don't like any of the songs except Vogue, which I adore. But God, it just is like the um, the subtext of every line is like, look how many lessons I took to do this style. Um, and I, it's just this like nothing vanity bauble that I can understand why it's not on any greatest hits compilations from her standpoint because this whole era I think she's a little embarrassed by how hard she was trying Dick Tracy oh god you know I went on a which is not a great film no it's just not it you know what it's really not it's not a good first date movie and that's where I was so yeah no don't now I don't do it I was the perfect age, though, to forgive this film because I was 11 in the summer of 1990, and I got a t-shirt with Dick Tracy on it. I got a big collection of Dick Tracy comics that I love to read. I loved this. Also, Vogue is what got me interested in Madonna. So this actually was the first Madonna album I ever bought, if you can believe that. I had purchased the 45 of Material Girl back when I was like five or six years old, but this was my first Madonna album, and so... I didn't realize what a weird novelty cul-de-sac this album was That's in her career. such a good way to put it, novelty cul-de-sac. Yes. Um, unfortunately, it's a cul-de-suck for me. <laughs> I, I think that like maybe if I had the karaoke relationship with it, I would feel more positive, but it's dead last for me, number 13, single point. Sorry. I am not going to... Uh, in any way argue that this this song it it's it's a it's it's kind of it's the kind of song where it's only interesting because it hit the top 10 and that makes it an interesting footnote in a career you know yes. what i mean and if this if this had been anyone other than madonna or if it had been released at any other time in her career it wouldn't have been a hit at all but because it was in the vogue period anything she did was going to be a hit it was her imperial phase as yes. they say <laughs> absolutely um, so the, the listeners put this in a tie for ninth place, and that means that it gets five points from them. So, and that's one from you and, uh, okay. That gives it a total of 12 points. We'll be coming back to that song. I feel <laughs> when we tally up the <laughs> I, final. I suspect so. Uh, Sarah, next is I'll Remember 
uh, which is a song from the unforgettable uh, film With Honors, which stars Joe Joe Pesci as a homeless guy who steals Brendan Fraser's thesis for Harvard. <laughs> Just parse that for a minute. Uh-huh. But uh, what what do you think of I'll Remember? Um, I didn't remember this, really. From uh, This is that from a time in my life where... I wasn't listening to much radio and like dealing with the culture that much because it was the end of my senior year in college and I was just like, mm. talk about a liminal period. So um, I feel like it was on the radio a lot, but I didn't really connect with it back then, obviously. And I didn't really connect with it now either. Like this is just not the best that she had to offer at this time, I don't feel. Um and it's a little too long. I don't hate it. It's just kind of a it's just kind of a who cares her for me. Like I said before, this is in that sort of big middle of this list where it's like, I'm you know, I'm not angry at the song, but I'm not gonna listen to it again. So I had it at number mm-hmm. eight, six points. Mm-hmm. Very good. So this song uh is interesting to note that it's interesting to note that this is the song that Madonna released immediately after the controversy of the erotica album, the sex book. Um, it, this was sort of her attempt to get back on the radio. Yeah, after there she are a couple a of, of these flack. like um, smooth R&B, but just like not too much R, <laughs> a little more B yes. to try to pull back her image as this like try hard dominatrix. And yes, and it kind of you feel it. Because she doesn't really feel these. She's just like, remember me when, it, you know, remember not my vagina? Like, okay, that's not, <laughs> not a good motivation for a pop song. Sorry. Um, but this song actually did the trick, though. It was a number two hit. Uh, so I remember at the time when it was released as a single, I was young enough to not understand that certain artists are going to actually thrive because of their controversy. And when this song came out, I thought, why is she still trying? Nobody likes Madonna anymore except me. <laughs> but then it was a big hit, and I was like, okay, thank God. Now, I have a soft spot for this song because I just like the bubbly sound of the synth that creates the rhythm bed of this song. I just have always thought it was really cool. So, I don't know. I, I think this song is pretty, and I put it at number five, although I have to say... I have already regretted that as we've started this <laughs> ranking, but it's too late. If, if I, I really, as I look at it now, I see that it should have been number seven, but it's too late. I are, I, I made my piece. I, I, whatever. It's going to be okay. Rankings are subject to change. This does not but have I the gave, force so, of law, although it should. So yeah, five it is. I, I put, but I put it at number five, which gave it nine points. Um, and n- the listeners put it in a tie for sixth place, which gave it eight points. Okay. That seems about right. Middle of the pack. A song that I would now, if I were starting over, probably bump up at least one slot is a song that I had kind of forgotten about. Uh, Next is Keep It Together, which was the fifth single from the Like a Prayer album. And it followed uh, Oh Father, which we'll get to in a second. And Oh Father was Madonna's first single not to hit the top ten since holiday so that was like a the end of a very long streak for her but then this song did go back into the top 10 it reached in the united states number eight and it did not have a music video which i think is one of the reasons that it is uh has been forgotten and also while it was still on the chart they released vogue so keep it together was sort of a 
we're just putting something by Madonna on the radio. Oh, wait, here comes Vogue. But what I like about this song a lot is the really, I think, acceptable funkiness of it. It's a song about being connected to your family, but really it's a song about a hot, funky groove. So there's a nice swagger to this song that I like. And there's, um, she, she would later on revisit this uh, funk R&B thing on the album Bedtime Stories, particularly with a song called I'd Rather Be Your Lover with Michelle and Degiacello. And because Michelle and Degiacello is on that song, it is obviously the better song. But this one is good, too. Um, I remember also it was the last song in the Blonde Ambition Tour, which was on HBO and I loved watching. Um, so I have no kick with this song, but I currently have it right in the middle. I have it at seventh place, seven points. That's where I have it. Um, hey! Prince is on guitar on this track. Um, his talents have been put to far better use, in my opinion. Um, I This is just kind of an unobjectionably like middle of the fairway funk joint kind of a placeholder as you mentioned um the lyrics feel a little cynically like well here's a sing-along that people can play as they're like you know at the end of the basketball game at high school like it just seemed a little like not felt um right it's it also is a little too long it sounds a little cheap, um, which is the era. Like a lot of songs sounded like they cost $12 to make <laughs> back then. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's yes. it's fine. Like I, I just, this is like the first draft of a much better song. Um, so yeah, seven was fine. Like I remembered it. I didn't dislike it, but I'm all set. So seven points for me. Well, and perhaps in a clear sign that nobody remembers this song or cares about it, it got zero votes <laughs> from our patron poll. Oh, well. So it's one of it's one of two songs that got zero votes, and that means it is tied, <laughs> tied so to speak, for last place, and it only receives one point then from the patrons. Okay, well. Uh, next is Oh Father, the song I just mentioned, which only peaked at number 20, uh, but still is a top 20 hit. I mean, can't deny that. But Sarah, t- w- tell me what, I'm, I'm guessing that that sound you just made was not one of ecstasy. No, no. Um, this is one that I regret actually not putting further down. <laughs> and I had it at number 10. Like it didn't, it didn't do well. I hate this song and I want to kill it with fire. Um. Here's why. And it like, I think the song is objectively a mess. Um, There's all these study double meanings. There's the self-important vocalizing. And can we just talk? I sort of regret not pulling a clip of this, but that her big finish on hurt you too, where it sounds like she's saying hurt you toe. Like that pronunciation has been bugging the fuck out of me for almost 30 years now. And in college, I had a roommate who was struggling to emerge from the crappy chrysalis of her own upbringing involving some shit with her father and her Catholicism and struggling with whether she liked ladies. Spoiler, she did. Um, And the like 
I had to hear this shit a lot in a 12 by 12, one room double. And I, and she'd be like doing shots of absolute and crying along to the song. And it was like, with respect for your process, which is more important than my comfort. If I have to hear this song ever again, I am going to walk myself into traffic and come what may. Um, so yeah, now that I'm talking about it again, I feel like I should have ranked it lower, but at least it's like maddening and not boring. Like some of the ones behind it on the list. So yeah, (laughs) 10. And I, I think if this, if you come to this song at a certain time in your life, you find it very helpful and profound as my roommate clearly did, (laughs) but I cannot. And will so that's 10th uh, place, four points. Listen, Sarah, I'm here to tell you I've got this song down on the bottom for both of us then. Uh, this song, you see, Madonna has written so many songs about her fraught relationship with her family. Uh, interesting, of course, that Keep It Together is on the same album, and it's about how much you're supposed to feel connected to and love your family. That's fine. Families are complicated. But she has also had many better songs about her fraught relationship with her family, including on the Like a Prayer album, a song called Promise to Try, yes. which is just... And and to me, the reason Promise to Try is a better song is because it's just, it's just fucking less histrionic. Yes. It's just simple. Like, settle down with the strings. Yes. Please. And here's the other thing. I love you, Madge. Girl, you know this. I've rolled deep for you. I pay hundreds of dollars to see you in concert. I have everything. Girl, you are not a power belter. No. So please, like, she, Madonna has a lot of qualities. Vocal on Ray of Light wonderful vocal on some of her new songs from the rebel heart album wonderful but this is not the song for her voice and she sounds terrible and somebody did hurt my toe when they dropped this heavy ass (laughs) overdone piece of shit on my foot um (laughs) i'm so relieved that you're not like oh my god i you know i have the lyrics to this tattooed on my (laughs) inner thigh like oh shit i mean like i get why people do that but oh more like oh brother am also, i right oh god can we also just talk about the overweening bathos of the music video where oh. she's in black and white and running through a snowy graveyard it just girl this no yeah. and you know what i can say is thank god like a prayer produced the song like a prayer and cherish and like a prayer is actually probably if not her best, her second best overall album, but this song is not doing that album any favors. I put it in 12th place, second to last, giving it a mere two points. Yeah, I'm a little jealous that I didn't do that, but we'll get into it. Uh, again, not legally binding. And then <laughs> uh, the the patrons tied it with Hanky Panky, actually, in ninth place and gave it five points. Um, More for them. Ooh. <laughs> I look and see that you actually pulled a clip of our next track. This used to be my playground. A song I believe from... our next track is Rain, and you pulled the clip. Oh, gosh, you're right. What am I saying? I, <laughs> Because I apparently can't do basic alphabetization. alphabetization. <laughs> you're like, you know, it's train. Wait. Oh. <laughs> um, so, change. Let me say that I pulled a clip for our next song. This is Rain. Take it. 
I'm just going to say up front, Sarah, I think we might not agree on this particular song. I'm just going to make a prediction, but we'll see. Okay. I I love this song. I think this song is so beautiful. The production of the song, I have always just thought that this was the Madonna ballad in this period when she actually got the grandeur that she was going for correct. It's not some other songs that we'll be talking about later. It's not... Oh, Father, but to me, there's something about the melody and the production on this song that works. And I think also a lot of the overdubbing in her vocals, it, it, it actually suits the quality of her voice. It does. I love during the bridge uh, when you hear that electronic sound of what I've always thought of as the sun rising. The yeah, it's like I like that she, too. It's like, here comes the sun. It's like, you, you're right. Like a synthesizer has actually created that. And I think it is a really gutsy thing to have the bridge of this song be two overlapping spoken word monologues. Like, two. She had so many spoken word things to say in the bridge that she had two things, and they're in counterpoint to each other. It's so over the top, but so good. Also, bonus, the video for this song is fucking gorgeous, and it makes a sort of ironic statement about the then fear that the Japanese were going to be taking over all of American technology because it's a video about Japanese people building the sunrise with Madonna in the center. Very weird and cool. And this is a song that was released as the final single from the Erotica album. And therefore, because of all of the controversy surrounding that album, this song stalled at number 14. And I think that if this song had not been released during a period of backlash, it would have been a much bigger hit. I love it. I put it in third place, and I gave it 11 points. We are not that far off from each other. Ooh, yes, child. Here comes the sun. And I say. I mean, okay, I'm five because sometimes when she's like, I want to feel your rain, I'm like, tee hee, rain on your face. (laughs) Gross. Um, But I remember. Tipper Gore doesn't want to hear it. I hadn't listened to this song in a while, and I think I was confusing it with um, Rescue Me. Mm. Um, which I don't mm-hmm. care for as much, possibly because of the thunder at the beginning of that track. Um, I like, uh, I mean, I like the song Qua the song. Uh, I love the harmonies. She's like her vocal and her effort and her seriousness are correctly matched to the content, which on some of these right. songs is not true. Like sometimes she really thinks she's doing something much better and more significant than she actually is, Vita, calf, calf. Anyway, um, 
it's not as self-serious. It's not as hard-edged. She's, again, this is kind of a liminal Madonna, not as much as some other tracks, but she has her, you know, dark wig on and she's working it out. And I also like that it presages the, like, Frozen and Power of Goodbye stuff in a way, even though that was years and years later. There is an element of that, like, sort of goth, sad Madonna is a Madonna that I enjoy. Um, There was some, like, more 80s-y stuff that I liked better, but I liked this one pretty well, and I put it at number five with nine points. Fabulous. And you are so correct. The sort of lush, goth sound of this song is absolutely a line to Frozen. And also, it's no accident in that perspective that she has uh, black hair in this song. It's yes, one of the first... and there's a lot of blue happening. Yeah. The lenses. Yeah. No, it's a, it's great. Huh. I'd never thought about that before. Well, and also, listeners, if you have not watched this music video in a while, it is beautiful. So do give it a listen, uh, a watch. And yeah, I really do wish that this song uh, had been a bigger hit because it's a lost gem. I mean, you've had when you've had 44 top 20 singles, as Madonna has, some of them are going to be forgotten. We can't hold 44 songs in our hearts. Well, we, you and I can, but <laughs> we you know, and are, but <laughs> right now, <laughs> the, but this exactly, but this is what I'm pleased to resurrect. Now I've already given away that you have a clip for the next song, but uh, again, oh, wait, where did the is, listeners put rain? Oh, I'm sorry. God, I just, apparently I cannot wait to talk about this used to be my playground. Apparently I just can't, even though I put the, anyway, the, li- the listeners put this song in a tie for sixth and gave it eight points. Okay. So we're all of a piece. I mean, we all like rain. I think so. Um, I'm not sure how much we like playgrounds and their transition into other things. Um, of course, this is the League of Their Own song. It, um, like, Hanky Panky actually would have been a better fit, like, sound-wise, like, era-wise with this. But, oh, good point. Um, this, I feel like, was a monster hit, or at least the video was on all the time. And I'm not mad about that. And I pulled a clip to underline why I'm not mad at the song either. of a liminal Madonna moment. Um, I -hmm. like that um, liminal dark-haired Madonna gives very good, quiet, sincere interior. Um, And this is another track where she's not trying to do too much, possibly because the demands of filming meant that she couldn't do too much or overthink it. Um, 
and she I love her in this movie too like all her dancing oh. she just looks beautiful like I, I'm fine with blonde Madonna but sometimes dark haired Madonna you're just like uh-huh. and then I don't know her and Doris from Staten Island right over the bridge from where I'm sitting right now uh I just got sucked in by that Poppy Fields movie again the other day. Um, This song is like, I think my fondness for it is greater than the sum of its parts. But (laughs) it is, I think it's just a good straight ahead song that like, it's not trying to do a lot and it's not trying to be that innovative about it. It's a soundtrack song that's like, the symbology isn't that, it's not that deep. It sounds a little 90s, but... I I love it, and because I associate it with that movie, which is also not perfect, but I also love it, that's why it's number three for me with 11 points. Nice. You know what I like is that we both put a ballad in third place, because Madonna might be thought of as a dance artist, but she's got good ballads, too. Yeah, she does. Uh, So I don't forget them this time. The patrons put this song at number seven and gave it seven points. Interesting. I thought, sure, they would have it higher. Maybe people are sick of it. Where'd you have it? Well, I need to give you some information about it first before we get to all that. (laughs) Very good. Uh, You were correct that this song was a giant hit. In fact, it hit number one. It was Madonna's 10th number one single. And it was number one just before Boys to Men's End of the Road was number one for huh. like 13 weeks. So it was kind of a cool thing where she just sort of snuck it in there for a week at number one. I also so agree with you about A League of Their Own. And I just last week, because the Oscars, the Oscar nominations were just announced. And last week I got in some conversation on Twitter where I was like, just so we're clear, I still think Madonna should. Oh, that's right. Because I was talking about. Mary J. Blige got an Oscar nomination for the movie Mudbound, which means that she's now in this very small group of roughly 13 people who have had an Oscar nomination for acting and a number one single. There's just not that many people who have done that. Uh, 13, in fact. And I was saying, I think that Madonna, and I'm not kidding, should have received a Best Supporting Actress nomination for this movie. She is so good. And I know that particularly in the early 90s, the thought of rewarding Madonna for her acting was anathema to to many people. But this movie's great. Gina Davis deserved an Oscar nomination. Tom, Tom Hanks. Hanks should have gotten an Oscar nomination. Yes. Like, this movie was really unfairly overlooked. And in the period, in the same year that fucking Scent of a Woman got a Best Picture nomination, yeah. don't come Bitch, for please. me. No. Don't. Don't come for me. Anyway, this movie's a classic. I really do love this song. I know every single word. But for me, this song is somehow, it's always like slipped out of my mind. It's somehow so, it never grabs me. Like, I like it. I've listened to it many times. I I would, I do love it. I yeah, love I it. Yeah, I can see yet, that. It is kind of, I mean, it's just soundtracky and like, it's a little basic. Yeah, it's just sort of there. And uh, that's why for me, and I would have, see, but if I hadn't done, if I hadn't given Hanky Panky too much credit, but <laughs> I have this song currently at, uh, in 10th place, wow. four points, but that, is, okay. but that is no insult because I'll tell you what, I do know every word, but yeah, that, there you go. That is fascinating to me that, that you guys, I mean, I was a little surprised that it was as low, quote unquote, for me as number three, but I'm very surprised that. I was like all alone on that branch, putting it that high. Interesting. That's why yeah, I love and these I have episodes. To say, it's I, you just—it really is like a box of chocolates. Speaking of Tom, Hanks. I know. 
I agree because I never would have predicted that you would put this song number three, but I love that you did. Because even in my best mood about this song, I never would have put it above like number seven. Right. So, but I love that. Girl, yes. And you know what? If we're together and this song comes on, I will slow dance to it with you. Okay. You're on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> True Blue. But, yeah. Um, hey, Debbie Mazar in the video has barely aged ps um yeah seriously i just don't like talk the about song. that show younger i just don't really like it um there's a lot of stuff that's like definitely you can tell it's a love letter to sean penn and it's embarrassing to everyone involved and i just it just feels like built from parts and thin mm-hmm. and i don't like I just don't care for it. I've never cared for it. I think the vocal is whiny and they should have made her do it again or keyed it down a little so that it was a little more like, I know it's supposed to be a throwback to like doo-wop group and girl groups and stuff, but it's not working for me. Like those women could belt and she can't as Mm -hmm. we've established. Mm -hmm. So I actually um, dislike this song more than the ranking might suggest, but it's at number nine for me with five points. Well, Sarah, I also have it at number nine, and I feel exactly the same way. And you're right. The ranking makes it sound like I like it more than I do, too. And I don't. Yeah. And uh, many years ago on my now-defunct blog, The Critical Condition, I did a little ranking project for Madonna songs, and I ranked this one low, and people were up in arms about it. I, I have to say, there is apparently a lot of passion for this song that I don't understand. I don't either. Like... Because here's my question for you. Why do we need True Blue when Cherish exists? Yeah. And I'm not that like, huge a Cherish fan, but it's like leagues better than this. Like squ- yes. it's better than this squared. And she just looks, she's like recently arrived in the Platinum Blonde, like sort of Boop Monroe part one era. <laughs> and she doesn't look yes. quite comfortable yet. Yeah. Well, like, and you even know, the blonde, is... like it's the wrong blonde. Like they haven't quite nailed the mix yet, and it's too cold, like for her skin. Yeah, tone. you're right. It's, <laughs> and it's it's like it's like white blonde. You're right. Yeah, and I'm just like nah. So, yeah, nah. So this song hit number three on the charts. It was the one of it was the fourth of five top five singles from the True Blue album. But I think tellingly, it's the only one of those five that did not make the Immaculate Collection. And the video was deemed so unpopular that MTV ran a contest where their viewers were asked to make a replacement video. And then the winner got their replacement video played on MTV, which I do remember it was a black and white video. Anyway, point being, fine, whatever, I don't really care. However, Sarah, the listeners loved this song and they put it in second place. Why? Yes. I mean, huh. Except, yeah. I mean, hey. what? What? <laughs> hey. So they, they second place, 12 points. Godspeed. You know what's God funny, love. too, and makes me feel ancient? You do hear this on 101.1 Oldies Radio here in New York a fair bit. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm the last person who still listens to terrestrial radio in the car sometimes. Usually not. But, yeah, th- this is like a good one for Oldies Radio because now it's an oldie, and it sounds like an even older oldies era so yeah I mean, you're right okay like i wish i liked the song i just was like oh yeah you bye 
Well, Sarah, as a fellow Bacardigan fogey, I also listen to terrestrial radio, and it has been my experience that this and Borderline are the two Madonna songs you're most likely to hear on the radio. Is that your experience? It, it is. And I wonder if it's not because they're both like pretty much exactly like three minutes, 15 seconds on the nail. Like, yeah, that's just true. Perfect terrestrial radio length. Like, if you have to take a dump, you put on Vogue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And honestly, if it, if you if you have if you ate a lot of really bad Mexican last night, then you put on this used to be my playground, which clocks in about five fifty. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh boy! Oh, on that well, classy note, um, yes, we're getting to the end of the alphabet. Our next song is "Who's That Girl." This video is really bad and weird, and I don't understand what's going on with the like framing device of her, like in a like butch old man drag looking into a well and seeing Griffin Dunn getting shot at by her. It's, it's weird. The the hat she's wearing weird. Oh yeah. And it's like perched on the back of her head. Like it's a graduation cap in Jersey in 1988. Not cute. Um, Although she actually does look cute. Like she doesn't butch up all that well because she's bitty, but she looks cute. This song is actually way better than I remembered. Um, I really like the, just, there's a head bobbingness to it. It's kind of like a discount soundtrack, La Isla Bonita, which I already <laughs> don't, I'm not crazy. I'm not crazy for that song, as it were. But yes. I, w- I was happy to be reunited with this song. And having listened to it right after True Blue, I was like, I don't think I'm going to enjoy this. And I did. I mean... It wasn't like, I love it. I got to buy this now. But I liked it. So I had it at number six, eight points. Nice. Uh, This song was also a number one single in 1987. I adore this song. I love this song. I I have never been able to get enough of it in my entire life. Really? Yeah. Even when I was watching the movie on HBO, my favorite part of the movie was when they would play this song. I just... There's something about the run faster, her laughter burns you up inside. Yeah, it's it's really well produced. It is expertly made, this song, for sure. I don't know if you remember that I had a Madonna Alley in my uh, in my wedding dance party where I played three Madonna songs in a row. Mm-hmm. But this was one of the three songs because I feel like this song is not played enough and I love it. And... I put it. Uh, in... John Ramos and I were doing a whole like, t- basically dance fanfic to this song on the dance floor at one point <laughs> while wearing those plastic um, sunglasses yes. with little slits in them. So you remember? You remember? Oh, do I? Uh, well, I put it in second place, uh, twelve points, sure. and the listeners put it in third place with eleven points. Huh. This is not. This is not what I would have predicted. God bless these rankings, everyone. I know. You never know. So next up is another transitional Madonna song. This was the single that was released from the Something to Remember Ballads collection, 
you'll see it was Madonna's, at the time, highest debut on the chart. It debuted at number eight and then bounced up to number six the following week where it peaked. The video is a sequel to the video for Take a Bow. It's Madonna reunited with that matador guy again. Mm. Um, The song, I remember very clearly, also had a Spanish language version that my friend who was a Spanish major in college really liked to play. Uh, I have always thought that this song was very pretty, if somewhat inoffensive. I mean, it's a pretty song. I have, I like it. I like the sort of Vanessa Williams singing Pocahontas adult contemporary ness <laughs> of it. Like this song is, this song is good. But this song is, this song is good. But I have, you know, it's good. I don't have any passion for it, but I also don't mind it. And when I saw her do a concert in Atlanta in the Ray of Light music era. She sang this song acoustically with a guitar. I thought it sounded really good. I was glad to hear it. Good for you. So I put this song square in the middle. I have it at number six with eight points. Uh, It is, however, not one of the patrons' favorites. It is tied with Keep It Together in last place. No one voted for it. One point from them. Um. Yeah, I could barely keep my eyes open long enough to give it a <laughs> ranking. It's like John Cicada's Madonna. No thanks. Um, it's fine. She looks gorgeous in the video, but not every Madonna take on Latin flavor works for me, and this does not, um, mostly because it's just boring. It's just there. Um I couldn't sing you any of it now because I fell asleep. So 11, three points. Very good. Uh, all right. And <laughs> wait, hold on. I did the math wrong on this. Hold on. Let me just, there we go. Well, while you're mathing, I will say last and quite possibly yes. least, you must love me. The most oh. Madonna song title ever. And it wasn't even written by her. This, of course, is from the Evita period. In the video, she is stashed behind a piano because she super prags with Lourdes. Ugh, God, Evita. Like, look, I love that Madonna is still, like, she never gives up. Like, with the trying to do a musical and trying to be a director and trying to be a movie star... Like, she just kept getting slapped down, and she just kept, keeps getting back up. Like, I'm one of the few people who saw W.E., mm. and mm-hmm. it actually, I mean, there's no reason for it to exist, and parts of it were stupid in the extreme, but if you know that the story of Edward VIII and Wallace Simpson at all, it's entertaining, and it's it looks beautiful. It's basically a long video, but... Madonna was trying to do something and she did it and most people didn't like it. But I respect that she's like, now we're doing this project. And you're like, I don't know, girl. (laughs) But she just steams ahead. The whole Evita period was not a success. I know how hard she worked, but everything that was a let's not about this period is in this vocal. It's not good. And I was actually a little bit um, annoyed at having spent several minutes of my life that would not be returned to me. Number 12, two points. Yeah, uh, I am here for you and I'm feeling you. This song, 
the fact that this is one of the two songs that Madonna sang that won an Oscar is a crime. Yeah. And agreed. I know it was because they wanted to give an Oscar to Andrew Lloyd Webber. This song is terrible. It is so boring. It is the Andrew Lloyd Webber has not written a good song in a very long time, and this is certainly yeah, not I sh- one. I should say, like, the song itself, like, it's I just don't like the song, and then her performance Ugh, no. is like a cat in a room full of rocking chairs. Like, no, 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 no. But frankly, you could put Adele on this, and I still would be like, mm, C plus, good try. Yeah, exactly. And I this this song is just so stupid. And sooner or later, <laughs> the other song of hers that won an Oscar, yes, of course, great. And but then also this song, which also somehow managed to peak at number eighteen. Ooh. What? This song won an Oscar, but Beautiful Stranger wasn't even nominated when it was in the Austin Powers movie. Ridiculous. Yeah. I agree with everything you said. It's snoozy. It's boring. Her vocal is not good. The best thing that came out of her Evita vocal training was the vocal on Ray of Light, if you ask me. But that's like like two years in in advance. We're we're not even there yet chronologically. So I put this song dead last and gave it one point. Mm -hmm. And the members had it in 11th place and gave it three points so i think we're all in agreement here yeah and uh it's a shame that we had to end on such a low it's true yeah we haven't had a clip in a while we haven't been psyched about one in a while but that's i (laughs) mean the alphabet is who's that girl oh yeah we liked who's that girl yes we did but uh yeah it's a shame that the last song is so shitty but you know what that's okay because we still got to hear causing a commotion today and that's never going to be a problem we did and we dressed ourselves up in some love of madonna it just we sure did clustered in a sort of unfortunate way at the end but um i am excited to hear what shall we do top three and bottom three yes i think that sounds perfect since there are a million songs why not uh the last place song today with a mere six points ooh, is you must love me which we were just listening to so <laughs> don't tell us what we must do we don't have to do anything that you say we don't love you no and then next to last uh is oh father with 11 points which feels about right to me uh-huh and then in a tie for Next to next to last is uh, You'll See and Hanky Panky both with 12 points. I um I concur heartily with all of this. Yes, as do I. But the and top then, is going to be, uh, that's going to be a fun one. I'm excited. So this is something I never would have predicted. Uh, third place with 28 points is Rain. That's great. That is awesome. I am happy That's why I love Rain. these rankings. Yeah. But that's why I love these rankings. I never would have thought that. Okay, awesome. Uh, Second place with 35 points is Causing a Commotion. And, drumroll please, by one point, first place in Madonna's Lost Hits, 36 points, Dress You Up. I'm so happy. It never that never works out for me in these rankings. <laughs> I'm always just happy to like be on the podium. Yes. I'm like oh, that guy you know in what? Munich who's just standing there like do do. Um I'm so yeah. sorry, Rain. I am wrong. Rain was fourth. Oh. Who's that girl is third with thirty one. Okay. Then in second is causing a commotion, and then in first is dress you up. A very solid top four. I agree, and I'm thrilled that who's that girl? 
elbowed its way onto the into the bronze because yeah that's that's a gooder I like that I like that top layout I am extremely surprised that this used to be my playground was not even in the discussion people really must have been like if I have to hear that song once more I don't know what yeah I mean it's it's right there in the middle it's not it's not in a place of shame certainly but yeah just uh this used to be my playground y'all yeah number one hit but of a different time yeah all right, uh, Patreon subscribers, uh, thank you so much for participating in this with us. Enjoy this January single uh, squeaking in at the end of the month. And uh, thank you so much for your support. We appreciate it and you and your input. And we're super excited to hear what you think of our rankings. Uh, we hope you will comment when the single drops. Bye. This is Mark and Sarah. Talk about... Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.